Hey, Arc Party listeners, this is the sixth and final Lit Reactor Archives episode. In this episode, I talked to Josh Chaplinski and Rob Hart about the 10th anniversary of the Lit Reactor website, and um, there are little call-ins from some of the longtime and uh, more recent contributors to the website. It's a nice little retrospective, talking about where the website came from, what the goal of the website was, and... Um, what some of the successes were uh, over the years. And so I thought it would be a nice little tribute to put this up while the website has just recently shut down. Um, it was a great effort and it did a lot of good in the world. And so this is my way of keeping the memory alive in a way and um, paying my own respects to what they did over the years. So without further, here is the 10th anniversary episode of the Lit Reactor podcast, Unprintable. Hey, welcome everybody listening. This is Unprintable, the Lit Reactor podcast. I am the host, Rob Olson. And joining me for this episode are uh, some foundational people for Lit Reactor, Josh Chaplinski, Rob Hart. How's it going, guys? It's going real good. It's it's really it's really fun to hear you announce yourself as the host of the Unprintable podcast. That's nice. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, it, it's amazing. Kind of a... Uh, it, there's a weird history with all of it that I'm sure we're going to talk about, but um, it's weird. So the weird thing for me is hearing myself introduce myself as a host for not a different podcast. So, yeah, yeah because how how long did you do booked? We ended on our tenth anniversary. Basically, we went about three weeks over our tenth anniversary. So we did it a solid decade, and then uh, decided that was a good time to um, wrap it up. Do you have a number and how many episodes you did? 540 episodes. Wow. wow. How, so, how, how, how many unprincipled episodes did we do, Josh? Like, <laughs> Yeah, 20 at the most. You did, you did 28. <laughs> okay, well, better than I thought. And that, that was yeah. with one comeback. So this is like our second comeback. <laughs> but, you know, I, I got to say, though... Um, you know, obviously, you know, everyone in the writing community was super bummed when you guys said that, you know, you were going to be closing out booked because you've always been, you know, such great champions for for authors, you know, because you weren't one of those podcasts that only did like the super popular stuff. You also went for like, you know, the indie stuff and then sort of like the the underground authors and like really lifted a lot of people up. And then when you reached out to me and said, hey, you know, I still got to scratch this podcast itch, you know, what's the deal with unprintable? I was like, Oh man, this would be great. <laughs> you know, it'd be nice to have someone who can consistently do it instead of a couple of uh, goons like me and Josh, like, you know, half-assing it until we give up on it. Yeah, it was, it was perfect because it, you know, it's bringing on someone with pedigree to revive it. And, you know, people, I would not all the time, but, you know, certain people would be like, hey, you guys should bring the podcast back. We really like that or whatever. And in my head, I'm like, yeah, it would be great to have a podcast again, but I don't want to be in charge of it. <laughs> and then so when you when you expressed interest, I was like, jackpot, this is perfect. That's well, you guys are talking me up uh, a lot. I, so I hope I do a, a decent job. But um, yeah, yeah. Uh, not to go too deep into a podcast that isn't this podcast, but like kind of the driving force between me b b behind ending that one was uh, doing a discussion about newly released books is something that like it's it's hard to sell to people because if they haven't read it, sometimes a lot of times they don't want to. So we had a formula that was great, but only for 
just the littlest amount of people. And I, I felt like we were stuck so much in a formula that there was so many other things that we couldn't do. Um, when that decision was made, I was like, well, obviously I want to still do podcasting. I want to talk about books. You guys and Lit Reactor kind of grew up parallel to us and very much in, in a similar kind of group of, of people and similar interests and, and backgrounds and stuff. And I was, I was thinking, well, exactly what you guys basically said was you guys aren't, um, aren't able to dedicate yourself to being podcasters first, but I am. So hopefully that works out. And it did. So. Yeah. yeah and you know what, and, and this is as good a time as any to bring up, uh, uh, maybe one of the less stellar moments in our past, but uh, <laughs> I think, you know, I actually love the irony of you now being the host of unprintable. It's just, it's, it's, it's gotta be sweet <laughs> for you. And it just appeals to my sense of, you know, this is, this is right. This is what should happen. So. Yeah, that was, I was thinking about this earlier today where I was thinking, um, I could jokingly make this like a well, if you can't beat them, join them kind of uh, <laughs> thing. Or but you kind of really did beat us. <laughs> oh yeah, you beat us in the submission and you took over. So that was the other way I could have I could have uh, positioned it. But um, yeah, like we had that little scuffle, which we'll just acknowledge really fast. Um, which so for anybody who's not familiar in the in the early early days of of both of our kind of operations, the booked and, and lit reactor. Um, you guys put out a perfectly fine article with a list of, um, <laughs> five, uh, podcasts that, you know, this particular, uh, author enjoyed and include included on principle and, uh, right at the I, top, no less. Yeah. <laughs> and then, so the thing that I'm, so we were, we were, I, I'm sure someone brought it to our attention or maybe I just saw the article and was like, Oh, that's, that's, you know, that's a thing. Um, our, we did a reaction on, on one of our episodes and I listened to it tonight uh, before, before talking to you guys. And um, the, the overwhelming thought that I had listening to us talk about it is like, I wonder how often people didn't realize we were being super sarcastic. <laughs> um, I mean, I'll I admit, like... I, I probably didn't realize you were being super sarcastic at first well okay so so just to be clear and and because you know you both kind of like looked into this thing um before we sat down tonight and i did not and i barely remember it is it is it that we didn't include you guys on the list well or did we say we, something shitty i don't even remember no it, no, was, we... it was kind of that <laughs> not actually and now that i i said i didn't find them you know i didn't really think that they were being sarcastic I don't think I even listened to it before we recorded our rebuttal. <laughs> so, but I think just a couple people pointed out in the comments, they were like, Oh, you forgot about this great podcast. There was books and booze going at that time, which, you know, had a lot of people we were friends with. And a, a lot of people really liked that podcast. And someone was like, how could you forget books, you know, and how could you forget <laughs> books and booze? And then I think, I kind of had a negative reaction to just the kind of, you know, now 
on the internet, the, you forgot this, but what about this? It's such a ubiquitous thing, and it's it's considered such an annoyance. And me and my naive internet days back then, I just couldn't fathom that people would read this article and then be like, oh, but you didn't put this, you didn't put this. And I just got very grumpy and annoyed. And listening back to, to my rebuttal in Unprintable earlier this evening, I just realized I just kind of came off sounding like a jerk like i i even i didn't remember this but i called you guys bitches and i just <laughs> and i just oh i cringed so hard when i listened to it i was really embarrassing i mean I, i'm not gonna lie i mean it's not like that that seems like standard operating procedure for you i don't think you were being grumpy i think you were being josh Chaplinsky. yeah i mean i've ch- <laughs> as far as how i handle things especially where lit reactor is concerned and online in general i think i've matured since those days and um you know i just i probably wouldn't have had the same reaction now that i did then i mean i guess it had a happy yeah. ending because we we squashed it real quick and then and then rob you came on on printable or or yep. And then did we go unbooked? I don't remember. Did no, we do like a back and forth? It was a one-way street. No. Yeah, okay, yeah gotcha. no, they were like, no, we can't have you. Yeah. <laughs> we will not. <laughs> we will not like lower that ourselves you, to that. You, you, you will not peddle your bullshit here. <laughs> uh, yeah, so it was a fun little, but it, that, I mean, to, to now um, the way I think of it is we were just, every, I, you know, I think everybody was taking themselves too seriously and just not, like Josh was saying, super, um aware of how weird the internet is and can make you feel and act. <laughs> totally. Well, you know, I, I think part of it is like, and this is something that I'm sure you guys experienced and I know we experienced at Lit Reactor is like, you know, we're out there doing the work and like, you know, trying to like, you know, lift up authors who aren't necessarily getting a lot of mainstream attention. And it can be really frustrating because like, I remember like when Writers Digest, they put out a list of like the 100 best like literary websites and we weren't on it. I got so mad <laughs> and like we went into the forums and we, we, we started a campaign and had people emailing Writers Digest to be like, you can't leave off Lit Reactor. It's got a writer's workshop. It's got online instruction. It's got this. It's got that. And the next year we did get listed. So sometimes it, you know, it does, uh, it does pay to, to kick up a fuss. Well, I think it brought us all closer together, our little scuffle. Yeah, definitely. So I'll take that as a win. <laughs> it all all's well that ends well. Yeah, here we are, you know, uh, what, eight years later, probably working together, working together. Hey there, this is two-time Amber Alert winner Brandon Teets. I've written a few books too. Uh, I just wanted to wish Lit Reactor a happy 10-year anniversary. You know, I remember when uh, the site first started up, everyone said, you're never going to outlast Gawker. <laughs> and, and boy, did we prove them wrong. Uh, happy 10-year anniversary, guys. Cheers. So... Uh, it's probably a decent time to kind of talk about what the what what this podcast is going to look like um, going forward. I think, huh? Well, um, well, first of all, the what especially was important to me was to have the this yet another resurgence of Unprintable coinciding with uh, Lit Reactor's ten year anniversary, which is this October first. And which that's probably when this will drop. So 
that's part of why we're here is to celebrate that. Yeah. And like, and I guess in terms of like what the podcast is going to be, like we always kind of like, we always kind of took a dual approach that it was sort of like, it was a place for, for readers and writers, you know, um, and trying to bring in interesting guests, trying to like talk a little bit about what's going on in publishing, you know, what's going on just sort of in general, but not really like getting too heady or, or too sort of like, I don't know, too gatekeepery about it or sort of like, you know, yeah. too highfalutin about it. Yeah. We never really took ourselves that seriously <laughs> or anyone else for that matter. Or each uh, other. <laughs> <laughs> From my end, um, I, I had a, I'll tell a quick story. I, 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 doing the podcast for a long time, you know, I've got people in my life, my life who um, watch me do it and uh, listen to the podcast. And, you know, um, uh, someone kept kind of mentioning uh, when I was talking about book stuff, like in person, I wish you sounded like this on your podcast. Because you sound so excited and animated, and I want to hear what you have to say. On your podcast, you sound like you're doing something because you have to. Uh, and I really took it to heart. And um, I, so my kind of selfish goal uh, of doing this is to be able to have those conversations that I light up about. And um, for me, being absolutely 100% just a reader, not a writer, um, talking, to the people who create and um, discovering, you know, their, their passions and, and, and just kind of pulling out just really excellent conversation about, you know, specific topics or, or doing real high quality interviews where we get, I, I, I like to have that charged up feeling where um, I'm super passionate about stuff I'm talking about and re reviewing a book, I don't think scratched that itch for me. So that's kind of my selfish goal is mm. a lot more of that. Yeah, I mean, that's a great goal. The more excited and exciting we are, the more exciting everyone else will be about it. Yeah. yeah. Well, hopefully. <laughs> so, Josh, you, you brought up the the 10th anniversary of Lit Reactor, and I think that a good amount of this conversation is going to end up being about that. Um, so, and obviously, we don't have, you know, we couldn't have better people on, on the podcast to talk about it. So um, what do you think? Do you think we want to start out with like how Lit Reactor got started and then move into some of your thoughts about the things that have happened over the years? Do you think that makes sense to do that? Yeah. Yeah. I like talking about the genesis of the whole thing. All right. Well, yeah. I mean, I guess it was funny how the whole thing happens because Lit Reactor almost grew out of necessity, you know, for what was going on at, at the cult at, at Chuck Polinick's website, because like, it was just turning into something so big and so hard to contain where it was like all of a sudden it's like interviews with other authors and a forum and writing workshops. And it, it started to move away from sort of his stuff. And then I guess it was Dennis who was uh, Dennis Widmeyer, who was finally just like, we just need to spin this off into its own website and just like make it a general purpose, like website for readers and writers. Yeah. It, it's interesting because the way it's been explained to me is the reason chuckpolinick.net became that sort of website is because Chuck wasn't really that comfortable being the sole focus of attention. And it was kind of his idea to like, you know, let's expand on this and kind of 
you know, shine the light on other writers and then maybe we could have a workshop and, you know, help aspiring writers make it more, make it about more than just me. So I think that's where that came from. But then in the end, like Rob said, I think it got a little unruly and, and Dennis Widmire and Kirk Claus, who were partners on the cult, decided to spin it off into its own thing. Yeah, and, and thus Lit Reactor was born. And um, yeah, I, I just remember like, because I had done like a whole bunch of interviews for, for the cult. Um, I interviewed Amy Hempel and Stephen Graham Jones, um, which actually Stephen reached out to me. Um, and this interview is going back way, way, way long time ago. It was the first, I think it was the first interview I did for the cult. And uh, he was like, hey man, do you still have a copy of that? I'm like, oh my God, no. Are you kidding me? That was like, 15 years ago. Uh, but then I, I taught him how to use the Wayback Machine on, um, on the internet so that like we can find an archived version of it. But um, it was funny to read that interview and be like, wow, wow, I was bad at this. I mean, I still probably am, but, but especially that. <laughs> um, but yeah, like, like uh, Dennis initially reached out to me and was like, hey, man, like, do you want to like, submit like, columns and stuff? Because I had been writing for them. I was like, yeah, cool, no problem. Um, so I feel like you know, I, I was a little bit more on the outside, whereas Josh, like you're, you're, you and Dennis are buddies, like you're closer, you've known each other a long time. So you were a little bit more on the inside of that. Yeah. And, you know, I'm kind of used to Dennis, who is a very excitable person, getting very excited about something and then trying to rope in all his friends into being just as excited and to get into these zany projects with him. And, uh, so when he, uh, he came to me with his latest zany idea, which was Lit Reactor. I kind of knew what I was in for. But I uh, I definitely wanted to be a part of it because back when uh, the cult started, this was like the really nascent days of the internet. Like Dennis was the first person I knew who had a home computer. And this was even like... I didn't get one for years after this. So Dennis had a computer and like, we'd all go over his house and like surf the web, which was like the wild porn. West. And it was just, yeah, lot of lots porn. of porn, mostly of the animal <laughs> variety, but it was just, it's like, you first of all, you could barely find anything. Like there weren't even really search engines at the time. There was like, we bought this book cause we both worked at B Dalton bookstore in Roosevelt field mall. That's how we met. And Dennis bought this book that was basically like uh, a worldwide web yellow pages. And it supposedly Jesus. had the oh web address God. for all websites at the time. Cause you couldn't just like be like, Oh, cats. And like, you know, all these search returns for cats would come up. It would just, it was just insane long URLs and no one knew how to find anything. But anyway, so this is back in those days. And uh, we had, we were working at the bookstore. We had both just read Fight Club, and I think Survivor had come out, and then Invisible Monsters had come out, and we were we were super into Chuck, and we were like, we got to see him when he comes around, and he he came to New York, and so me, Dennis, uh, another friend of mine, Kevin, and our friend Amy, we all went to see him, and I forget what the venue was, but there was literally like like 10 people there to see him read. It was, it was insane compared to, you know, what his readings would become just a few years later. But <laughs> no kidding. so we go see Chuck 
and you know we're all just super pumped and super into it but dennis is just like above and beyond excited more than anyone and like i don't think he'd even like spoke to us about this beforehand but afterwards he went right up to chuck and he's signing books for us or whatever and he's just like He's like, oh, man, we love your work, this and that, blah, 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 blah. He's like, do you have a website? And Chuck's like, oh, website? No, you know, what's that, more or less? And Dennis was like, I'm going to make a website for you. And Chuck just kind of gave us this look, and it was just like, uh, sure, kid, you know, whatever you want. And so Dennis went home and, like, bought every book on, you know, learning what you needed to know to make a website in those days, angel fire page or whatever. And he was like, he was like, you, you come on. He wanted me to come over like every single day. He's like, come on, work on the website, work on the website. You got to be a part of this. <laughs> and I was just like, like I didn't even have my own computer at the time. And I was just like, I don't know if I want to be so deep in this. It seems kind of boring. You know, you go ahead. And then, I don't know the Chuck the cult. To make a long story short, the cult became what it became, and I always sort of regretted a little bit, even though I was always involved and and wrote and helped out. I always regretted not taking a, you know a bigger hand in it from the start. And so then when I got the opportunity to be the managing editor for Lit Reactor, you know I just I jumped at the chance because I didn't want to be left out of so, yet yeah, something else, you know. Yeah, so so you came in as the managing editor. Um, yeah, I kind of barreled my way in um, <laughs> because yeah, I initially was like writing columns, and then I just started like volunteering for other things and doing other stuff, and then eventually like the the position to run the the class program opened up, like the online workshops, and and Dennis was like, "Hey, is this something you'd be interested in?" And I think initially I was like, "No, no, that seems like too much work." Um, and then I realized like, wait, no, actually this would probably be a lot of fun and I think I can do this. And, um, and so I took that on and, um, yeah, from there, it just kind of became like, you know, for, for, for the longest time, it was you, me, Dennis and Kirk, just kind of like calling the shots on everything. Um, which, you know, was fun because we got to do like the writing contests where we had like those big community contests and like with prizes and stuff. And, um, we did uh we did like AWP and Wordstock, so we were actually out at, at conventions, like you know, with a table, like with like buttons and shit, and that was really fun. It was always fun doing the in person stuff because it was like, you know, this is something that you know, Lit Reactor. Obviously, we're about to hit ten years, but even before that, for a few years with the cult, I mean, this is something we've all been a part of for like. 12 13 14 15 years and you know we we had spent so little time together um which was funny especially because like you know me dennis and you josh are all from from new york you know even though <laughs> yeah, yeah, you yeah. know even, even though dennis lives in la now because he, he's a hot shot movie director um which is also why he's not here we invited him he was like hey man like lunch with spielberg like you guys do go do your thing yeah he's too um, he's too big for this stuff now yeah but um but 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 it was always nice then to like after years and years of like working together to be like all right let's go to some weird random city and have a bunch of drinks and go sit at a fucking table hungover giving away buttons yeah it was it was really cool meeting a bunch of people from the site like those first couple times you know people who you you kind of almost worked you know, corresponded with almost on a daily basis at certain points, certain people. And, you know, it, it was just cool to actually meet them to get that opportunity. 
So I have a question uh, as kind of more of an outside observer on, on this and, not, and definitely in the beginning, but kind of going through it. Um, I always had the feeling that Lit Reactor didn't necessarily feel like, oh man, we got to get the word out about this thing because everybody knows about it. It's already well established. So was that something that, like you were saying, even before Lit Reactor, there was like the cult and, and, and like a community was kind of already built or building was a lot of like the, a, I guess, was Lit Reactor pretty well received from the very beginning? And B, was that due in part to the whole cult community knowing about it and being enthusiastic about it? Uh, yeah, I think, uh, I mean, it definitely wasn't like starting over from scratch because there was sort of a built-in audience, especially with, you know, the workshop at the cult and all that stuff you know, a lot of those people just poured it over to Lit Reactor. So that it was that was definitely a consideration in the beginning. And, you know, so it was, we, we had a little bit of a boost in the beginning. You know, it, it, we weren't working from scratch, but uh, I don't know what I'm saying here. Yes. Well, I, I think we, we really benefited from the fact <laughs> that obviously we were kind of riding Chuck's coattails a little bit coming out of the cult. Um so we did have a bit of a built-in audience. Uh, and we also, you know, we, we were kind of plugged in at that point to some, like, maybe not some, like, huge name authors. It's not like, you know, we were hanging out with Stephen King, but, like, guys like Will Chris Bear and Craig Clevenger and Stephen Graham Jones who had, like, their own fan following. So, like, yeah, I mean, it feels like we walked into Lit Reactor with a bit of an established base and then, you know kind of kind of have grown it from there and we haven't like blasted into the stratosphere or anything but you know i i would say we have a pretty loyal following and we have a you know we we put out some good content and i think like people recognize that which is pretty cool and um you know i guess the biggest challenge especially in the last couple of years is that like you know me and josh and dennis like this is this is a passion project for us like this is not something not none of us are getting rich on this it's something that like and I think we even like at one point had a conversation like, do we just pull the plug on this? And and we just couldn't do it because we were like, you know, we can't let down all these people who are who are fans of the site. We can't sort of remove ourselves as like a voice for like, you know, less popular authors. Because, um, again, like you look at like a lot of mainstream stuff and it's like everyone's covering the same 10 books. And like whereas like we really, I think, have done well at digging into stuff that people wouldn't necessarily find on their own. And so it almost felt like kind of like a public service sometimes to the writing community. So it was like, yeah, you know, it's, 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 it's been a, a fun, but sometimes frustrating ride. Um, but I'm just real glad we're still doing it. Yeah. Um, I don't want to bring it down too much, but like Rob was saying, the point where we considered pulling the plug is when, uh, Dennis's partner and, and co-founder Kirk passed away and um, he was the technical lead on the website. And that was, you know, it was a big shock because he was so young and the shock of losing someone who you're, you know, friends with, but he was also the, the technical lead behind the site and the rest of us basically had no idea how to do anything, you know, technically so, you know, losing Kirk, we, we were, there was a point where we were like, can we keep going? Like, do we have 
the knowledge to keep the site running, you know? Yeah, which a, l- a little bit of inside baseball is um, the the site was built in Drupal, which is apparently, you know, it's part of the reason that like our, our classrooms are so customizable and like so easy to use. But like the problem with Drupal is that it's so custom that like we had like two or three Drupal experts come in and look at it and say like, look, we don't know what to touch without blowing up the entire site. Like, because unless the person who designed it can guide you through it, it's really kind of impossible to decipher. And, um, you know, the one saving grace we've had is that uh, there was this dude, Clayton, who had helped Kirk build the site, who, um, you know, he didn't really do... He, he didn't do like Kirk really did the majority of it, but Clayton was there for a lot of it and he really understands it. So like we've had a few technical hiccups since Kirk passed away, but for the most part, like if something breaks, we can just go crying to Clayton and usually like he'll have it fixed within a couple of minutes. And, um, you know, it's, it's been, it's been a little scary because there's always kind of that feeling of like, is one day, like something just going to explode and the entire ship is going to sink. Um, but yeah, like we all, th- that that was a tough one, man. Cause like Kirk was such a good dude. Um, and I think too, he was a really calming presence um, because, you know, me and Dennis and Josh all have like, we, we have strong personalities and, and there's times where like, we've really butted heads on some things um, probably instigated by me because, <laughs> you know, I'm a pain in the ass to work with. Um, <laughs> but, you know, Kirk, I think was always really good at just kind of coming in with like this really rational, like, here's what we should do and here's why we should do it. And then everyone would be like, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. It's a kind of wonder we haven't all killed each other in the, in the year since. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, he was a really level-headed dude, and he he kind of knew the right thing to say to to calm the rest of us down and put things in perspective. Yeah, I didn't know him too terribly much. Obviously, not not working with a reactor, but um, having hung out a couple of times and uh, just knowing that the guy seemed like he was just the nicest nicest dude, right? Um, oh, when, totally. Yeah. He was a, he was just lot of fun to be around super nice yeah when he when he passed i was like oh i was like oh god how are they, how are these guys doing i was like super worried about you guys because i knew it was probably a really tough thing to handle it was really like because because he was he was in his late 30s <clears throat> you know he was a young guy and um i had actually seen him like a few months prior um i had gone out to chicago for something and him and his girlfriend came out and met me and took me out for pizza and um i just remember like God, yeah, just just getting the news that morning. I I forget who told me. I think it was like, I think it was Kirk's girlfriend who reached out. Um, yeah, I I, I just I, I don't even remember now because I just remember like going into like a fugue state and like I like we all kind of touched base and then like yeah. I just left to work and I went to my friend's bar and I just got like hopelessly drunk because I was like, there's not much else I can do right now. Yeah, it was it was rough. I just remember. One of the first things I thought was, why couldn't it have been Rob? <laughs> I think you actually <laughs> said that when we all finally talked. No. And I was like, you know what? Why couldn't it have been me? Uh, um, I'm, I'm just kidding. I know. I know. Um, but yeah, no, you know, and, and I guess, and I'm glad we're, we're, we're taking a minute to to talk about Kirk in the context of the 10th anniversary, because this site would not be here without him. And, um, you know, I guess the, 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 one, the one thing that, that kind of, you know, is a bummer is like, I remember to the last conference we were all at, um, 
I think it was AWP. I forget which city it was in. I think it was LA. We, That's the only one I ever went to. Yeah, that might have been the LA one. And um, I remember like the two of us were sharing a room. And I remember he pulled up on his phone. Um, he showed me the redesign for the site. He was in the middle of working on a redesign. And um, oh wow! And it was gorgeous. Like it looks so good, and it looks so much more modern. And 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 you could like you look at at Lit Reactor now. It still feel it feels like it's got some cobwebs on it. It feels a little bit dated. Um, and that's because it hasn't been updated in so long. And, um, you know, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's a bummer that like, we never got to see that kind of come to fruition. Um, cause you know, I, he, he was so proud of it too. And, and he was just so excited for it. And I remember just like sitting, like we're both sitting on like the bed in the hotel room and he's like going through his phone and swiping through it. And it was just fantastic. I mean, the dude was massively talented. Yeah. Well, to contrast what you were saying about it looking like it's got cobwebs, I was going through my emails because um, I was trying to find something and maybe we can talk about this. Um, and I went to like the earliest email I had from Lit Reactor and obviously I saw a lot of similar kind of design stuff in the in the stuff. It was like a like a mailing list kind of thing to what, you know, what's going on even now. And I'm like, man, this still looks like surprisingly fresh considering the design was conceived so long ago, if my if my understanding is correct. Um, so, like, a testament to the fact that the dude knew what he was doing is I I, I think that it, you don't look like you have a like a MySpace page kind of like really dated situation going on. Um, in my opinion, I guess. Yeah. Least. Well, I mean, thankfully, it doesn't look that old. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, and and I gotta say too, like I I really uh, and again, like to to Kirk's talents, like the thing that that I would get told all the time is that, you know, for a long time I was running the online workshop program, and now I'm still overseeing it, but um, Emma Clark is really handling sort of the day to day, um, and I, I was constantly hearing from instructors who had taught in other online classrooms they were like yours is the best like they were like blackboard sucks this sucks this sucks like lit reactor nailed it they figured it out and um you know and again that was a testament to kirk like saying you know we're not going to take some other system and try to like you know put some bells and whistles on it we're going to figure out how this works we're going to build a system from the ground up and you know and, and that's been that's been fantastic to work with here here yeah so the thing that I was looking for in my email, which I was unable to find, and I feel like it's because it wasn't something that was sent. It was more of something that you could download. Correct me if I'm wrong, but when the website was pre-launch, you could get a PDF with like information about what was what was like kind of the website was going to be about. Is that correct? Uh, there was, um, <laughs> and I think it, th- this information is still on the website, and I, I've just assumed that anyone who signs up new for the newsletter still gets it there was like a a kind of like pdf that featured uh some writing tips and tricks from yeah. people like chuck polnick yep. irving welsh uh i think um what's his name you know sandman guy why am i blanking uh, on Neil his Gaiman. name that guy um, yeah yeah <laughs> I, I remember that i i had actually gotten something from amy hempel for that and um maybe like one or two other people. But yeah, like that was one of the things that we tried to do in the beginning was like some free gift stuff, like stuff to kind of like, yeah. cause that was, that was the thing. Like, obviously we had Chuck, you know, to kind of like, 
give us a little bit of of legitimacy but chuck's also like a pretty private dude and he's not like out there like you know banging the drum all day long so like we kind of like were we were drafting a little bit off the fact that we had some really good connections and we knew some really cool people and you know people who were passionate about teaching and learning and and giving writing advice so it was kind of like okay cool like who can we call on now so that we can start sort of like showing that we're a heavy hitter that we're not just like some site that's like interested in getting into this that we actually have these connections and and we can you know use them well it's effective because that's what i thought when i saw it so <laughs> it, it was effective on me at least <laughs> yeah i think uh, i think that was something that people really appreciated at the time it's a, a nice cool little little extra howdy craig Clevenger here. Congratulations, Lit Reactor. Uh, you're halfway to legal drinking age, if that's a thing with websites. Seriously, thanks for everything you've done, all your support, and everything you've done for the, the writing community. Cheers, y'all. So we talked a lot about like kind of the beginning and the and the genesis of, of everything. What uh, is there stuff that happened over the years that stands out for you guys, or anything that you think is like foundational for people who uh, are interested in Lit Reactor to know about about the site and its history? Hmm. I would say the the thing that that I love the most is like hearing uh, now from people who kind of came up through our our online classes saying like, Hey, you know, I got a book published or I got a short story published or this or that, you know, um, I, I always really loved what, what, you know, the cult was doing. And then what lit reactor did with the classes where it was like, you know, kind of like an a la carte thing where it was like, you know, I can't afford tens of thousands of dollars to go get an MFA at Bennington, but like I can, take a, a four-week workshop with like an author I really admire who's going to drill down into a subject that I want to learn more about so you you could kind of like there was a flexibility to it and um and now seeing that pay off and seeing people sort of like hey like this worked for me and 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 I got you know I, I reached my goals I achieved what I wanted like that's that that's my favorite thing it's like now looking at the sort of some some people who like started with the site and have now kind of like you know built their way up and 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 through the publishing system um yeah that never gets old yeah i i came across one recently that i wasn't quite aware of i was listening to uh max booth's the thirds ghoulish podcast and he had chandler morrison on um and you know chandler's a young dude i think he's still i don't know if he's 30 yet or if he is he's in his early 30s but he was talking to max about something then he would he just mentioned he's like oh yeah you know lit i grew up on lit reactor reading articles and stuff when i was first starting out getting into writing and i was like oh wow that like that dude must have been like 20 years old or something when we started and it's so cool to hear all these years later you know what he's you know having success and people are really digging his books him give us a little shout out like that you know it's something i wasn't aware of I really like the fact that you guys have like obviously these these kind of things to um, bolster how you feel about the work that you do, but also like the like the presence of like an awareness uh, and I guess almost like some like Rob was talking before, kind of like a sense of duty to the community, because um, 
from my perspective, I ended my podcast and it was only then that I heard from people going like, oh man, this is a real blow to the community. You guys always did this great stuff. I never really thought that, you know, I always thought I was just kind of like shouting into a void and, and, and I never considered my impact. So it's nice to know that you guys not only like get to understand that you have an impact and see these cool stories, but also um, feel like what we're doing is important and, and we want to make sure that we continue to make it available for people. Yeah, yeah. I mean the, like it, it sucked when book closed, uh, booked, uh, shut down because like, again, like I said before, you guys were, you know, you weren't just doing the same 10 books as everyone else. And I mean, you got, you guys were supporters of me early on. I mean, I appeared on your show like oh, yeah. back when I was publishing books with a small press and like, and I always had a blast. Cause it was like, I'm just going to like, talk to you like do like an in-depth analysis of my book with you for an hour like cool yeah fine i'm into that (laughs) um and so it was always it was always nice to see too like you know uh, guys who sort of like were associated with booked or who were associated with lit reactor who like you know again i interviewed stephen graham jones like way 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 back when and he was always a friend to the site and he was always a good guy and he was always there for us and he he was a he was a podcast guest on unprintable um that was actually the most tragic podcast guess because I think we lost the fucking interview and we had to redo the whole thing. Oh, um, but, 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 but he, yeah. he was a champ about it. Um, but uh, yeah. Ju- and just to see now, like, I mean, and now Steven's like such a big deal and like, he's killing it. And, you know, it's just nice to see that sort of progression and that growth. Yeah. I, I want to say on, on that note too, that I was super happy that you guys, got to or i got to or i don't know how to put it i was super happy that you guys reviewed (laughs) my novel in one of your last shows and that i got in there before you guys were gone because especially when i listened to the to the episode you guys were so thoughtful about your review of my book and you know sometimes you 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 do things you try certain things and you're not sure if it's going to come across or you know, if it reads off the page or if it's just because it came out of your head, you understand it. But you guys really like, you touched on all the things I was worried people wouldn't get. And it just, it just made me so happy. And it's just how, just how thoughtful, I mean, thoughtful is the best word, the way you, how thoughtful you guys were about your review of the book. So that was, that was an awesome thing for me. It was, it's a fucking really good book, man. So I'm glad oh, we got to do it. And, like, and also, I want to say that you guys, I oh, I forget. I think it, which one of you made me laugh so hard when you were like. It was me. I know. It was about, about Rush. <laughs> when yeah. when you were like, first, he, he one of the characters mentions Rush, and then he mentions science poetry. You're like, is that even a thing? You're like, oh, I think this just <laughs> went down half a star in my estimation oh, for, just, that was, for just that. That was Livius, actually. I'm sorry. That was definitely Livius. Oh, but, um, that was yeah. hysterical. <laughs> he hates poetry. Uh, <laughs> well, listen, just because... The character in the book likes science poetry. It doesn't mean the author <laughs> likes science poetry. You have to separate the art from the artist. That's uh, that's real wisdom. But and, I um, I do yeah. like Rush, so sorry. I, I don't think there's anything wrong. Why with Rush. Why would anyone dislike Rush? I don't understand. You'll have to ask Livius. Okay. Yeah. That's, without that's... yeah, without going too much into him, um, his favorite artists are 
Holland Oats and Rick Springfield. So do with that wow. what, what you will. I mean, All I can't, right. I can't fault him for those. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> one, you know what? One other thing I want to say real quick is that uh, Rob Olson, you were just talking about how it wasn't until after you finished booked that some people were like, Oh, we loved this podcast. It was important to us. So let that be a lesson to all you listeners out there is that, you know, support people while you can. And if you like it, give them that positive feedback. Cause it really, it, it makes a huge difference. Yeah, that's a huge, I, I fully agree with that. And, um, I think that's kind of what I was doing in a way when I was on that podcast was talking about the things that I was excited about. But um, I've discovered through doing the podcast and hopefully like this new experience, this thing that we're doing together for Lit Reactor um, will just be a lot of that. There's so much value in conversation and talking about a thing and and it helps you understand stuff better yourself Um, that, yeah, that's what I'm super jazzed about so but yeah like we especially with podcasts i feel like you don't have often any way of knowing if it matters to anybody so um yeah feel free to even if it's like to tell me i I said something wrong i said something horrible i want to hear like so i can make this as good as possible with uh with all with all of you oh man can we do like a can we do like a dear prudence thing Maybe like we can have people write in letters and we can answer them on the air. That would be really fun. <laughs> sure, totally. <laughs> Live call-ins. Can we yeah. uh, only if it's um only if it's uh, Josh how he was when um, we criticized that article back in oh. the day. I want that that energy. That could be arranged. <laughs> Real easy. I would rather not deal with that ever again. But hey, <laughs> I have a really high threshold for intense people i think sometimes well (laughs) Well, well, you came to the right place yeah (laughs) happy 10th birthday lit reactor karina wilson here i'm so glad we're a decade in and you're still going strong it's been a privilege to write for the site over all that time thank you for indulging my lurid columns and all the other stuff and for introducing me to such a fantastic community of writers and readers here's to the next 10 years if the zombie apocalypse doesn't lay waste to civilization first. Oh, and could someone remind me to replace my profile pic, please? It started to get a Dorian Gray flavor to it now. It's been so long. Happy anniversary. All right, here's the topic, and I'm not sure if this is going to go somewhere, but we talked a little bit about how that reactor started, what, you know, what you're proud of that it does, um, but Lit Reactor is a part of a bigger community being like, well, I guess the publishing industry or, or writers in general. So like you've been doing this for 10 years. We talked about like Stephen Graham Jones um, finally being where he belongs, you know, like the recognition that he deserved the whole time. Uh, there's been crazy stuff that's happened to, you know, our individual authors that we know, but also I think the industry in general. So, uh, I, and, and I know this is kind of a, you didn't have a time to prepare for this, but like, is there anything that happened in general regarding books that like really stands out while, while that reactor was a thing? I mean, it did launch the career of one Rob W. Hart. That is true. I would be nowhere without oh, yeah. that reactor. Um, and don't you forget it. 
(laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah, I don't know. I I feel like, you know, because I've always been sort of, and I guess like between Lit Reactor and then I worked in publishing for a little while and I've always like, you know, been trying to write stuff. So I don't know. Publishing just sort of exists on kind of a continuum for me. Um, I guess for me personally, I kind of learned a lesson through Lit Reactor because like I would write news articles, um, which because in the beginning we were just trying to push content. So like we would have what, like two columns a day and then we would try to have like three like quote unquote news pieces. Oh, yeah. Um, And sometimes like it was it was just dumb, um, you know, that we were even doing that because like I would just get like uppity about something and um you know, I'm actually like, I have a journalism degree. I, I worked at a newspaper. Uh, I, I was a political reporter. Like I, I did it seriously. And then I was in an environment where I can take it less seriously and I can use cu- curse words. So um, I just, I look back at some of the new stuff that I wrote like way back in the day and I, I cr- kind of cringe a little bit. I'm like, God, I didn't need to be doing this. And um, so I guess the lesson I took out of it is I don't always need to have an opinion on everything. Um nor nor do I I always know what I'm talking about. <laughs> I feel I feel like Lit Reactor was a good sort of like you know, in terms of like my own personal growth, it was it was very useful. Uh well, you mentioned Stephen Graham Jones as someone who and you know, we can't take responsibility for his popularity and and that kind of grew out of uh the Velvet 2 which was Stephen Graham Jones, Will Christopher Bear, and Craig Clevenger's kind of shared website. But another person who, um, you know, we re- I reviewed a couple of his books back at the cult, and he's been just grinding it out for so long, and and only recently is his career's really took off. Is um, is it Jeremy Robert Johnson? No, but he oh him though he's you know he. Good things are coming for him finally, which he deserves. And Paul Tremblay—that's who I'm talking about. Paul, oh, yeah, Paul. <clears throat> oh man! If you guys had mentioned Paul, I was going to mention Paul. So yeah, I'm, I'm like excited he just, to hear what you have to say. Just that you know, like I remember reviewing his uh, a couple of his noir books back at the cult, and then he had written a couple books for I think uh, was it Chizine. Maybe yeah. he was on cheesing. He did cheesing. He did swallow. Is that how it was pronounced? Cheesing. Cheesing. Yeah. Well, it was pronounced. Yeah. And uh, so you know, and he was kind of like jumping around different genres and stuff, and and then he wrote Head Full of Ghosts and exploded, and you know, good for him. So that that was a, that's a great one, you know, of someone whose career I've been following as a fan, and to see them finally get the recognition they deserve. Yeah, Paul for me is always the one where it was where uh, we talked to him the first time when he had that swallowing a donkey's eye book come out on Cheezine. and I was like, this dude's so nice, and his he's obviously talented, like you know from reading his stuff. Uh, so to see him where he is now is just like, man, I love that I've been in this thing long enough where now I can see the people who are putting in the work who have a lot of talent, you know, kind of. And Rob's Rob, you're even an example of of that. So that is definitely cool to see. I'm trying to think of something clever to say. I got nothing. Um, <laughs> so thank you. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, look, I, I I will say, like, Lit Reactor was a yeah, it certainly was like a big part of like helping my career because it got me like working with all these other authors and like doing the class stuff. So I was even like, you know, when I wasn't taking the classes myself, I was learning stuff through Osmosis, and you know, yeah, it's like. 
it, it's funny the way all this stuff just kind of dovetails now. And it, it's, it's, again, it's nice to now be sitting here like 10 years later and being like, yeah, okay. Like we haven't completely driven this thing into the ground. We haven't gotten ourselves in too much trouble. Like we've done. Okay. And I, I think that uh, so, like some of the longevity of contributors too um, kind of speaks to like probably that you're doing something good because you've got people that are still working, doing stuff on the site that have been doing stuff since probably the beginning, right? Like, yes, yes, that's a good good point. Let's talk about some of the contributors. Um, yeah, it's funny we have we have such longevity with the contributors because it's certainly not for the money. <laughs> <laughs> oh, see now I'm gonna I, oh, anything with names involved is gonna be terrible. But like someone like obviously like Richard Thomas has been with us from the beginning. Taylor Houston, who um, she also uh, is an instructor for us. She's been writing for us since the beginning. Um, Rob, obviously. Yeah, there was Brandon Teets. Brandon um, was there. You know what? I, I got the site open. I'm just going to go back to the first page, the very <laughs> first page, and see what what we published the very first first week. Yeah, and what's nice too is like we've also brought on some like really cool people. Like, um, you know, I, I I love having like Cabino Iglesias in the roster because he's such a and he's another guy who just like you know now has a big deal with Mulholland, which is awesome. Yeah, that just know? happened. That's super exciting. Yeah, he's yep. he was a when he started writing for us, I was super happy about that. Uh Max Booth the third, who is just has his fingers in everything. He's been writing us for a long time now. Uh way back in the beginning we also had Meredith Borders and she still writes for us from time to time. She yeah, went and went now, she, on, now she's at like Fangoria, right? Uh I think she oh, moved wow. on from there, but she had she had worked for Birth Movies Death and Alamo Draft yeah. House, and then she worked at Fangoria, and uh, so she's been in a, involved in a lot of cool things. She was one of our our very first, and that was great. Um, someone who joined kind of later on, maybe at the halfway point, but has just been like non-stop solid churn reliably churning out columns every month is peter dirk uh his stuff is always really funny really insightful requires very little editing which makes me happy so <laughs> yeah not like me um, <laughs> big shout out to pete <laughs> you know it's funny i actually met pete um before he started working for lit reactor we uh we did a workshop together with tom spanbauer in portland um and, oh, he, and you it, guys were at the same one because I know you both took yeah. it. Yeah, and I remember like I mean everyone at the table really brought it. Like it was it was one of those rare workshops where like even like Tom and his partner Sage were commenting on this later on. They were like, you know, there's always one dick, and this one doesn't have any <laughs> dicks, and that's great. Um, Wasn't was Ellie Nash in your class? Too? Yeah, yeah, Ellie Ellie Nash was there too, and now she's someone else who like she writes for us, but also like you know she's blowing up on her own. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's a great group. Yeah, but um, but yeah, I remember like, well, the two of them were just so goddamn talented. They both read their stories, and I was sitting there like, "Fuck, this is good." And like, so when they came into the fold, I was like, "This is such a good thing for us." Yeah, it's amazing how just like like-minded people from these kind of related groups find each other, and you know, 
We had a John I, John Gingrich was one of our early writers. Yeah, I, he, I did. He, see, I did see Jack Ketchum in there, which was you know, oh, yeah, kind of a yeah. bummer. Yeah, he, he was one of our instructors. Um, God, and he was such a nice guy. So nice. Didn't understand computers. I, I spent like an hour outside a bar in Albany once, like drunkenly trying to walk him through something on the phone. Um, it was really fun. He was, he gave us, when I was doing, you know, booked, he gave us the nicest no, like we've ever had. We, we reached out to him because we wanted to have him on an episode to talk about something. And he was like, Hey, I really appreciate you thinking about me and everything. It's just not my thing, but, um, you know, good <laughs> luck. And it was just like, so nice. Uh, and I was like, I can't even be mad at the dude. He was straight up and he was super nice about it. And, uh, I'll take it. He's like my favorite not guest, I guess. <laughs> Famous almost. Hey, this is Pete. I just wanted to say happy birthday to Lit Reactor. My uh, first paid writing gig ever was writing a column for Lit Reactor like eight years ago. And it was an article about reading books on the toilet. So uh, really set the tone. My only regret is that since then I haven't been able to achieve the same level of uh, class in my future work. Happy birthday. Well, uh, if, Rob, do you have any other questions? Because since we're talking about um, writers for Lit Reactor, it might be a good time to segue into my my top 10 lit reactor columns of all time oh right on yeah the only other thing that i was thinking i would bring up is um seeing if there's any kind of like plans for the future we, we are <laughs> our, our plan for the future <laughs> is restarting the podcast yeah honestly oh, the, no you're pinning you're pinning it on me yeah we're pinning yes, all our much hopes so. on you i haven't the most future forward thinking i've done about lit reactor other than keeping my head above water has been the 10th anniversary and a large part of that fell into my lap when you were like i'd like to do the podcast and i was like yes (laughs) or like thank god someone's gonna do something around here anniversary Um, fodder i mean i will say it's probably you know it's probably a good time for us like the brain trust to kind of sit down and like have a conversation because we haven't done that in so long Um, yeah Definitely. But yeah, like, because we're definitely sort of like, you know, things are kind of smooth sailing right now. But I think maybe now is a good time to sort of say, okay, you know, what, 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 what could we do next? Hey guys, it's me, Max Booth. I've been writing for Lit Reactor for about seven years now. I joined the website a few months shy, maybe even just one month shy of everybody on the website staff receiving a signed limited edition of Chuck Palahniuk's Fight Club. And I've always been told by the managing editor, Joshua Chablinski, that I would also receive a copy of this despite me joining the website a month too late. And every time I ask him about it, he says, oh yeah, it's on the way, it's on the way. But it's been seven yields now, and I haven't seen my signed limited edition of Fight Club just yet. And I'm waiting on it, so I don't know if this can be uh, folded to Customil support. I, I just, I would like a copy of it. Uh, good job with Reactal. Way to go! Yeah, 
you so josh you have a list of the top so this is this is funny considering how we got together was an article uh, oh of, yes but of this five is podcaster <laughs> this list is unimpeachable because it only refers specifically to lit reactor columns and so this is kind of something i started tracking right from the very beginning of lit reactor i i used to write a column called lit recapper wherein i would kind of like round up the news items for the week and talk talk about you know uh stories in the workshop and if anyone's published anything and every once in a while i would uh do uh, a top 10 usually yearly a top 10 the top 10 most popular columns um and I was looking back, and the last time I did it was for year six. I actually wrote a Lit Reactor column called the Top 10 Lit Reactor Columns of All Time. And uh, But I went to um, analytics earlier today to see uh, four years later what the current standings are. And uh, unsurprisingly, the... Uh, few of the old stalwarts are there but surprisingly there's some uh some new some new blood in here so i'm gonna start from 10 and count down backwards these are the top 10 most popular lit reactor columns of our entire 10-year run so meaning these are the columns that got the most page views coming in at number 10 a column by Peter Dirk, previously mentioned, called The Sex Scene in Stephen King's It. Oh, God. Yes, wherein he <laughs> describes in detail that scene from It, where <laughs> all the underage kids have a gangbang. Uh, <laughs> all he, right, well. He wrote this September 5th, 2017, about the time I think It Chapter 1 came out. Yeah. A movie which did not include that scene. Thank God, because <laughs> that would have been illegal. For good reason, yes. And uh, we all wonder what Stephen King was thinking when he wrote that. But so are a lot of other people, because a lot of people searched and wanted to read about it. So number 10, all right. sex scene, Stephen King's It. Moving on, number nine, another sexy column. This one actually, though... This one is new to the top 10. This article, I don't even recognize this person's name or this article, <laughs> even though I edited it. It's you're, from, you're literally the news editor. Like it, It's from early in our run, from October 9th, 2013, by Alyssa Wald, The Do's and Don'ts of Writing Erotic Fiction. Really? So this is, uh, it's in a listicle form. But it's basically uh, writing tips, do's and don'ts, writing erotic fiction. So this, as of year six, this column was nowhere near the top ten. So sometime in the last few years, somebody got real interested <laughs> in erotic fiction because this <laughs> column was propelled to number nine. So all right, good for you, Alyssa. That's uh, yeah. So. Maybe a celebrity mentioned it or something. Yeah, who knows? I'm going to have to do further research. Okay, <laughs> so then the number eight. 
uh, number eight column by Taylor Houston from October 3rd, 2012. Ten words you literally didn't know you were getting wrong. Oh, that was uh, a good one. Yeah. Grammar stuff, always popular, always causes a lot of argument. And this one was no different. Ten words you literally didn't know you were getting wrong. All right. That was number eight. Coming in at number seven, another Stephen King-centric article. This one by Max Booth III, September oh, 19th, 2014. This is a true classic. Every Stephen King novel summarized in 140 characters or less. So when Max, yeah, and 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 didn't didn't he do like a trolley thing where he put in like a Dean Koontz book or something, and then yes. people flip the <laughs> fuck out? And I, so, I think that's kind of what propelled it. The, that's yeah. <laughs> Part of the amazing story behind this column is that Max listed every single novel Stephen King had written at the time and basically wrote a sarcastic one sentence review of it. Uh, for example, Dreamcatcher, Four Friends Battle a Shit Weasel. <laughs> the Dark Tower V, Wolves of the Kala, Clint Eastwood becomes a Jedi and plays Quidditch. And then right below that, the entry that made very self-serious people very, very angry. Odd Thomas, the story of what happened to Haley Joel Osment's character in The Sixth Sense once he grew up. And of course, we all know that Stephen King did not write Odd Thomas, Dean Koontz did, and this became a long-running, recurring joke in multiple Max Booth columns. And one other really great tidbit about this column, this column was almost adapted for for a bit on the Queen Latifah talk show when it existed. (laughs) Yeah, I remember that. Max was contacted by queen latifah's people and they were like we love this column it's funny we want to adapt it and use it on our show and he was like great let's sign a contract give me some money and then the show got canceled i remember when that email came in because i think like he emailed all of us just to kind of be like hey like what like what's the deal here what can i do and i was just looking at it like what the fuck have we created yeah. <laughs> like i and i i can't fathom that that show and that type of show thought this was good content for their audience is just really bizarre. Yeah. Anyway, that's, that's anyway, something. All right. I but never that's, number, that. that's crazy. Something no other late reactor writer can claim that they were almost optioned for the queen Latifah TV show. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. Number six. Literature's 10 Most Disturbing Sociopaths, written by Kimberly Turner on June 7th, 2013. So this is a long-standing column. It's been generating traffic for us for about good eight years. Kimberly was one of our earlier writers. Yeah. Great work for us for a long time, and then got bored of us. I don't know what happened, and she left. (laughs) And I tried luring her back in numerous times, but it didn't work. So even though you left us, congratulations to you, Kimberly. Moving on to number five, another Kimberly Turner article, rubbing it in. The 10 books every zombie fan must read from June 21st, 2013. 
So yeah, I, you know what? I, re- I remember that period, and I remember her her being really good at that because it was sort of like the listicle period of the internet, where everything had to right. be a fucking yeah. list. Like every single thing had to be a list, and like I remember you and Dennis like pushing that. Like can like I think I pitched something once, and you guys were like, "But can you make it a list?" <laughs> I was like, "Jesus Christ, yes, I'm, I can." Honestly, I'm glad those days are over because yeah. Yeah. yeah, as we read a list. Yeah, well, as 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 we do a list. Yeah, I think we'll see quite a few, quite a few more of them in the remainder <laughs> here. Number four. Oh, look at this familiar familiar name. The top ten storytelling cliches writers need to stop using by Rob Hart on hey. April fifth, twenty thirteen. You there are in the top five, Rob. Oh hell yeah, that was a good one. I remember that one, and people got real mad at me. Oh yeah, and uh, interesting, uh, interesting uh, tidbit about this one. It must have originally been called "Top Ten Storytelling Cliches That Need to Disappear Forever" because that's what the URL says. But the name huh. of the actual column is "Top Ten Storytelling Cliches Writers Need to Stop Using." Mm-hmm. Looking through this list for things Rob said should never be done again that have been in his books. Let me see. Yeah. Oh no, literally all of it. All of it. Come I'm on. just I'm just kidding. Oh, that, was, that four. was four. All right, here we go. Top three. Number three. And these top three have not changed since year six. So these are like the heavy <laughs> the heavy hitters that keep bringing in traffic. Number three, another grammar article by Taylor Houston, the very helpfully titled Talk It Out, How to Punctuate Dialogue in Your Prose. Such a weird, specific thing, Yeah. yet people must have questions about it. Yep. Or feelings about it. Yeah, because the third most popular Lit Reactor column in a decade, How to Punctuate <laughs> Dialogue in Your Prose pretty amazing all right moving on to number two this is a very bold statement here made by one richard thomas top 10 best short stories ever uh this was written in 2012 by richard where he lists the top 10 best short stories ever I write here, how can you quantify the 10 best short stories ever? Guess what? You can't, but that didn't stop Richard. He quantifies, <laughs> he quantifies like nobody's business. I feel like I feel like that got some like cross pickup from BuzzFeed or something. It like must that. have, yeah, because yeah. uh it included such uh popular stories as the very slow link that wouldn't load. Uh, Where Are You Going, Where Have You Been by Joyce Carol Oates. Harrison Bergeron Bergeron by Kurt Vonnegut. Yes, that's all that's left. All right, so this is great. I I was going to make a joke that if this list doesn't have Father, Son, Holy Rabbit by Stephen Graham Jones, then it's wrong. And it does. It does. It does, yeah. (laughs) I actually was just about to say I haven't read anything on this list, which is kind of funny. But then I got to um, The Things They Carried by Tim O'Brien. And okay, yeah, I have read that one. Anyway. (laughs) Yes. Not a bad list. Good for you. Good for you. Good job, Richard. All right. And drum roll, please. The number one most popular Lit Reactor column of all time by a huge margin, to put it in perspective, the number two column has 
about half a million views overall. Um, 500,000. This, the number one column, has three and a half million. This is oh my God. 20 common grammar mistakes that almost everybody makes by John Gingrich. Oh, yeah, I remember that one. Yeah, this that was a fucking lunatic thing. Like that was that went that went viral. Yeah, like that and, really oh, went crazy. Okay. And it was popular, but not for good reasons either. People got so angry. Like the it has the most comments of any lit reactor column ever. Like three hundred fifty comments, which for us was insane. Um, John told me once he had take his email off the site because he literally got death threats <laughs> over this column over grammar oh and it was i remember it's just such a good column too because it's really one of those sort of like you can see why it went, went viral because it was well written but it also like it got into like you know you know it's some really obvious like what's the difference between fewer and less what's the difference between farther and further you know yeah like, the like kind i of have stuff to that's think like about really those easy every to mix time. that out yeah and um I remember at one point this this article was doing such great business that we actually put like another link at the bottom of it to our online workshops, just hoping that more <laughs> people would click on them. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, man, that was I, that was a fun time. That really went nuts. Yeah. If if you go check out that column, read the comments, see how irate people get, and just know in your heart that people were willing to murder over grammar disagreements. As they as they should be, so now uh, looking inward, um, one of the things when I was preparing to start this podcast was I reached out to like a ton of contributors and said, "Hey, do you have any ideas for for stuff?" And and uh, you know, I got several. You know, at least a couple people came back about doing grammar and stuff. And now I think I'm going to kind of float those ideas kind of higher to the top of the list if it's uh, if it's getting so much attention for for yeah. you guys. I mean, yeah, people seem to take grammar really seriously. <laughs> and uh, if you could coax John Gingrich out of his, his cave that this, uh, that this column sent him into to hide from the public, yeah, seriously. He, he might be a good one to just discuss his experience. If you have him and Taylor together, forget it. That is like right. unstoppable like grammar prowess right there. Yeah. All right. Well, that's definitely going to happen then. <laughs> that's oh, a great God, list. That's, that's, you know what? It's I, I was really wondering like who is going to end up in the top spot. Now, now that we're here, I'm like, right. I remember how crazy this got. Yeah. No one's ever knocking that bad boy out of there. Yeah. Wow. And there you have it. That's... That is a, a decade's worth of the best lit reactor has to offer. So happy anniversary to lit reactor. And we to, did it. We did it. And to all the writers <laughs> who contributed to our success. Hello, this is Richard Thomas, and I wanted to talk about my time at Lit Reactor. I can't believe it's been 10 years. I guess what I wanted to say is that I think Lit Reactor is a great community, and I, you know, I don't think I would be the writer I am today if I didn't have the support of Chuck and Dennis and everyone at the Cult and Lit Reactor. Uh, for my columns, for my classes, um, for my work in general. So, you know, it's been an exciting 10 years. Hope we have at least 10 more, if not more. 
And you know, if you're looking to grow, whoever you are listening to this um, recording right now, um, wherever you are in your journey, there's there's a class for you at Lit Reactor. And you know, my goal and, and the biggest pleasure I get with working with writers, whether they're new or, or experienced, is to help help the writers grow, to have epiphanies, to see what they need to do, to give them the tools and skills to develop and evolve, and then to be able to look at their work, to figure out what's wrong with it, and then have the skills and tools to fix it. Um, to learn to apply critical analysis to their work and to be fulfilled with their writing um, much like I am fulfilled with my writing. It's one of the most satisfying things uh, I've ever done. So I hope you'll stick around, uh, take more classes at Lit Reactor, take one of mine, you know, read the columns. I hope it's uh, helpful for you, that it guides you and uh, gives you insight and epiphanies and that your time at Lit Reactor is you know, something that, that helps you to become a better writer and a better person. Thank you, Lit Reactor, for 10 years, and here's 10 more. Thanks. Guys, 10 years is a big milestone, and you should be really proud of, of the fact that Lit Reactor is going strong after all this time. Yes, thank you. It does give me not a little bit of pride. It feels good. You know, I mean, again, like, and I mentioned this earlier, like, this really is a passion project at this point. Like, again, like, this isn't something that any of us can, like, make into a full-time job, you know, but it's just, it's rewarding and it's fun. And it's like, we kind of like, we, we, we get to do something good. We get to talk about books, which we enjoy doing anyway. And like, we get to be ourselves in the process, which is like, you can't ask for anything better than that. Yeah, I've literally been working on Lit Reactor almost every single day for 10 years i do at least something lit reactor related almost every day and you know what i'm not i haven't gotten sick of it enough to be like fuck this i'm done yes so here's here's a real serious question for you josh I've seen Rob's lit reactor tattoo, but I, I don't know where your where where on your body is your lit reactor oh, tattoo. Wouldn't you like to know? I <laughs> I actually have zero tattoos, and at my mm. age, I don't think I'm going to start. But if I did, I mean, if I did, I do know what my lit reactor tattoo would be. It would be. Oh, you have to tell us, yeah. The Photoshop I did of Rob Hart dressed up as a can of spam that I used for the header of one of his columns. Yeah. I was wondering if that would come up. Can we, can we do like a, a, a greatest hits of all the fucking Photoshop pictures you've oh, made of me? Yes. That would be amazing. I would love to, because nothing gives me more pleasure than Photoshopping Rob. Yeah, no, you, uh, th th that's not even an exaggeration. Um, it's, it's a sad reality. Um, <laughs> You know, I guess, you know, and maybe this is a fun place to end on, but like if you go to our about page, like you can see actually someone got our logo tattooed on their arm. Um, what was In that dude's name? Dakota? Dakota. And that was very early days. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And now, like, I, and, and then he just kind of disappeared. Like, I don't know yeah. what happened to him. So, like, I, I guess you know he, he just got our site tattooed on his arm and like doesn't <laughs> even like associate with us anymore. We need to touch base with him and be like, do you still have it? Do you regret it? Have you covered it up? Because, like, he was really young, and, like, that was such early days. And I, I saw that, and I was like, this is insane. It's too much responsibility for me. 
Yeah, you got a little wigged out by it. You were you were really uncomfortable. Yeah. I like me and Dennis were like, "This is so cool," and you were like, "Guys, this is not okay. This is not okay that someone is doing this." Yeah, it was a little weird for me. That's uh, you, you know what? That's a good idea. Let's see if we can yeah. follow up with this guy yeah. for an interview. Ten ten, ten year yeah, anniversary yeah. of if I cannot believe you tattooed our logo so huge on your arm. Yeah, where is he now? Yeah. If anybody listening has a lead on on Dakota. Dakota Taylor, I think his name was, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Let us know. I So I have a booked podcast tattoo. Um, so I I am I am that dedicated. And um, I also, my license plates say booked. So nice. I, I'm outdated <laughs> because I'm not, I'm not doing that anymore. Vanity but, um, plates. I always think that, yeah, I, I, I went that far. Um, but I think that like tattoos can be, not necessarily, they could just be representative of the thing at the time. So like the fact that I have the word books tattooed on me, I'm not worried about the fact that I'm not doing it anymore. But yeah. I mean, I also think you like, you did that for 10 years. It was a big part of your life. That's not a small yeah. commitment, you know? Yeah. I don't know if Dakota got it. I know he got yours. I don't know if he got mine. We'll, <laughs> we'll find out. When we well, you know, in your contract now, it's mandatory that you get a lit reactor tattoo. Yeah, right, we'll we, we, we went over that, right? Yeah. And we're gonna. I, Rob is going to be the one to give it to you. Okay. Well, Rob, didn't you just get a a tattoo for your new for Paradox Hotel? Yeah. Yeah. You know, I couldn't resist. The cover boring. art was so cool, and I showed it to my art my my regular tattoo artist, and she was like, "Oh, I can work with this." So, um, I was also kind of itching because, like, after a year and a half of pandemic, I'm like, I need someone to stab something into my skin. <laughs> That's the natural reaction, I think, for all of us. <laughs> yep. Yeah, I need someone to stab me in the eyes. Well, um, on the, I, 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 stabbing in the eyes, I think, is as good a time as any to. Yeah, yeah. To to wrap it up, huh? Yeah, definitely. Hey, congratulations on on this big milestone, um, and thanks for letting me be a part of kicking off. I guess the second decade is that how we're doing that, or that's what we're aiming for. We'll see what happens. Right. Jesus Christ, the second decade. All right, and that is going to wrap it up for my Lit Reactor Archive series of six episodes, winding it down with the tenth anniversary episode. Um, as Lit Reactor has gone dark a few days ago. Um, big thanks to Rob and Josh and all the contributors who were a part of Lit Reactor over the years. Um, you've all gone on to build your own careers. You've all gone on to uh, enhance the community in one way or another. And um, yeah, your your contribution is just appreciated. So thank you. Um, as far as Arc Party goes, very soon, within a day or so, I'll be posting my first ever 2024 horror preview episode where me becky spradford and emily hughes look at what books we're excited about for january through june of 2024 in the horror genre so keep an eye out for that it's very comprehensive it's very interesting and i'm very excited for you to get to it thank you for listening thank you for your support also podcasts live on feedback so if you want to go to apple podcasts or whatever podcast uh, app that you use and, and rate me and leave a rating. That would be greatly appreciated. Uh, subscribing is also very helpful. Um, again, I have a bookshop.org affiliate page, so definitely um, 
buy your books through that. That'll uh, help support me. And um, pre-orders are crucial to the success of new books for authors. So um, that's it. I hope that we all have a wonderful 2024, that it's all about growth and success and happiness. And um, I'm looking forward to it. So once again, thank you.